Did you think it was going to be that easy, gents? No, the Penguins were not going to sweep the New York Rangers. You don't really see many sweeps come playoff time. It is a 1-1 series. Now the Penguins drop game 2-5-2. I'm not really that upset. I don't think any of you all should be either. If you would have told me that it would be a 1-1 series with no Tristan Jari going back to Pittsburgh where the Penguins now have home ice for the rest of the series, I would take that, and I know you all would take that as well. I have a full game recap coming up right after the drop. Rachel Nunes from the Hockey Writers is going to join me to dis discuss the game, talk about some Penguins adjustments going into Game 3. That, of course, will be held at PPG Paints Arena on Saturday. Injury updates, all of that. That's all coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO. Oscar Penguins, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Just want to say that last episode on Wednesday, it's the most listened to Locked on Penguins episode of all time. I can't thank everyone enough that either listen to this podcast uh, every day of the week or if this was your first episode. Uh, thank you all so much. I'm glad you're here for the ride. And, you know, let's keep it going right now as I will bring on Rachel Nunes from the Hockey Writers. And this is the third time she's come on the show. And against my better judgment, I'm a very superstitious person. The Rangers have won all three times after uh, she, we've agreed for her to come on. So after this, only if the Penguins win another game, that's when she's going to come on the show. But obviously, Rachel, the Rangers get back into the series after dropping that uh, triple overtime thriller on Tuesday. 1-1 now. Best of five going back to Pittsburgh where the Penguins, they did steal home ice. The Rangers do have an opportunity to take home ice back. Um, by winning just one of the two games in Pittsburgh. Um, what did you see out of the Rangers that was different uh, than game one? They definitely came out ready again, as we did see in game one. However, this time they actually sustained that type of play throughout the whole game this time. Uh, if you watch game one, it was pretty obvious that after the second, um, or I guess at the beginning of the second, they just were a completely different team than the first. And they had a pretty bad history of doing that in the regular season a little bit earlier on. That was something that they kind of got out of as you went towards the end of the season. But we saw them, you know, kind of pull that once again, uh, which was pretty disheartening as, you know, they ended their season on a pretty high note beating the Caps. But they just they played a full 60 minutes this time. And I think the defense looked a lot better today. And then you had your forwards chipping in a lot more defensively. I was definitely a lot less scared. Um, so I just think that the effort all around was a lot better. It was more solid. Um, if you look at the numbers, you know, the giveaways were less this time. They hit the pens way more this time. In game one, it was a little bit pretty even with the numbers um, in terms of hits and things like that. So it was just much, much more of a physical game, uh, better defense this time from uh, everyone. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely thought the Rangers had you know more of a jump, especially after the first period. You know, the Penguins they you know, they survived those first ten minutes. You know, that that was what they needed to do to get Louis Domingue comfortable. It's one one going into the second, and then you know, unlike Game One where the Penguins really took it to the Rangers 
in that second period. It was, it was a little bit of a role reversal, not as bad, I should say, but you know, the Rangers, they they had their legs in. I, I, and they, they needed this game because you know you don't want to go down 0-2 going back to Pittsburgh. You lose to your a third-string goaltender who had really never started a playoff game before today. You know, I just think the, the vibes would have been really off. Um, to say the least, you know, from a Penguins perspective, I'm really not super upset with the way they played. You know, numbers-wise, they had 53% of the shot attempts at 5v5, 57% of the scoring chances, 78% of the high-danger chances. They generated over three expected goals and had 30, uh, 63% of the expected goals. Um, sometimes, you know, you, you win some and you lose some. But Honestly, you know, they, they did, I think, as well as – I shouldn't say they did as well as they could in front of Louis Domingue. Um, Louis Domingue, I should say, did as well as he could given the circumstances. I mean, he's your third-string goaltender for a reason. Um, but, you know, there was – I definitely thought from a Penguins perspective there, the defense wasn't as sharp as it was. Um, in the first game, you know, part of that I think was due to Mike Matheson having a really off game. That was probably like his worst game going back to – where he was in Florida, um, uh, I, I should say, to be honest. But you know, the Rangers, you know, credit to them. They got a couple you know, good bounces. Their power play clicked. Um, yes, they, the penalties were called on the Penguins, uh, according to um, actual stats. Uh, people, of course, you know, um, that's all I'm going to say, I think, about that. But um, I definitely think the special teams battle is, you know, I'll, I'll get your thoughts on this. You know, it's definitely playing a big role in the series. The Penguins penalty kill is kind of reverted – no, I shouldn't say back fully back to last season's form, but it, it's not it's not playing at the level that I know it can play at. You know what have, what have you noticed? You know with the special teams and how that's making an effect so far. Yeah, it's definitely tough if you know their opponent isn't playing up to their penalty kill. You know potential, especially when you're playing the Rangers, who are pretty good on the power play, especially when you have Kreider out there. So, I mean, he's hit fifty. He's showing no signs of slowing down and they haven't really learned their lesson of staying on top of Kreider. I could say the same thing for the Rangers. They have yet to really shut down Sidney Crosby and his line mates, but you just, you got to stay on Chris Kreider. So I think as long as he's out there, you know, it's almost a guarantee power play goal at this point. If it's not Kreider, you know, it's either Strom um, or Panarin. Now, I just think, um, you know, I just think they're, they're just that's one part of the game where they've just carried that over from the regular season. They've kind of lost some other basics um, about keeping the game simple, but the power play has just been the one thing that's been consistent for them. Even when they weren't doing so well, it wasn't that horrible um, as it's been in seasons past, but it's just, um, you know, when that team is that good, you have to at least step up a little bit and, and you can't give them chances. So when, the officiating's a little bit more even like that. You definitely can't let the Rangers get any extra advantage. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I in terms of the Penguins penalty kill, you know, just players are not getting their their sticks into shooting lanes. They're not putting their body, you know, on the line. And also, I think the biggest thing when they have the puck, they're not getting it out. And obviously, that's the biggest key to surviving, you know, a power play, especially like the Rangers one. And you know, it's one one. You're about to kill it off. There's less than ten seconds left. You got to find that clear. You know, I think there was one, I think with 20 to 25 seconds left, uh, I think it was Teddy Bluger or Brian Boyle that had the puck and they, they, they couldn't clear the puck. And, you know, that's the, the, these first two games, that has been a massive issue for the Penguins. 
and it, it needs to be cleaned up in a big way. You know, the Penguins, they also had their, the game's first two power plays tonight. You need to take advantage of those situations. One of them, the game was one-to-one. Jake Gensel just tied it. He's been phenomenal this series. The puck movement was good, but you got to find a way to get a puck past Shesterk in there and then really rash up the pressure on the Rangers to go back and respond against Louis Domingue. So um, that's definitely, I think, going to be a big storyline as we continue to progress in this series. I'll be curious to see what adjustments Mike Vellucci makes on the PK um, going into game three, which, of course, will be at uh, PPG Paints Arena. Um, obviously, still have more to get to for this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. We'll get to some players who I think need to either have their, you know, have less minutes, you know, maybe juggle around the lines. Um, just a couple of adjustments that I think um, the Penguins should make going into game three, and I'll get Rachel's thoughts on that. But before we get to that, our next partner has a product that I literally use every day. You know, my girlfriend and I, we started using Athletic Greens because, you know, we wanted to, you know, get better gut health, you know, more energy. My Our immune system was... I guess kind of at times, but you know, we also just wanted to try something new out. So with one delicious scoop of, of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, and your energy recovery focus and your aging. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It also supports better sleep quality and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. It uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and free free travel packs with your first purchase. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day, and that's it. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimately daily nutritional insurance. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Of course, I'm joined by Rachel Nones of the Hockey Writers. Um, Rachel, I wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, Deming's performance because it, it's hard enough to, you know, you're down, you're two starting goaltenders. You're playing basically a guy who's been in the AHL all year. And, you know, in my opinion, I thought he really gave them a shot. The first period only gave up one goal. And honestly, that was a bad bounce. I think Sid it hit off his stick and then went off Matheson's uh, skate. And it was, if it didn't go off Matheson's skate, it was about to go wide, uh, I'm pretty sure. Um, but in my opinion, he gave them a shot, made some really timely saves. I just thought, you know, that the net front coverage, which has been an issue against this team and honestly against other teams, um, it just it reared its ugly head again, which it did not in game one. So just wanted to hear what you thought about Louis' performance going into game three, because it sounds like he's probably going to start that game too. Yeah, I definitely agree. He definitely gave them a shot. Um, you know, the pens um, had 41 shots and the Rangers had 40. So it was pretty even. Um, and when you're throwing 40 shots at Louis Domingue um, and he's stopping, you know, most of those, that's a pretty good sign, especially when you have a team that to put too much emphasis on passing the game prior and they know heading into this game that they have to shoot at the net a lot more. So I remember Vetrano had a few good shots himself too. And, you know, Louis stopped all those but one. So um, especially for a guy who's 
pretty much going to score on the Penguins. That's pretty good. That yes. Frank, Frank Vitrano, it is Jordan Eberle-like at this point. You know, anytime these two teams play, just even if he maybe doesn't score every game, just take a prop bet. It's very easy to, to usually score it. Yeah, I mean, I would say he's probably he probably has at least like two, three more in him. Um, probably the first home game for Penguins, he's probably going to score again. But um, yeah, I mean, he definitely gave them a chance when, you know, I was surprised that the shot count was actually that high for the Rangers. But, um, you know, a lot of the shots this time, too, from the Rangers that actually went in, um, they weren't really up close goals either. So they were a little bit further out, which... Um, you know, when you have a guy like Kreider who's tipping in or deflecting a lot of his goals, and obviously that's how a lot of the goals came for the Rangers, but you have Adam Fox, Adam Fox who's shooting from the blue line, like game one, um, you know, and things like that, and they're not coming from up close, too. That's kind of different for the Rangers, too. So that I thought was interesting. Um, that kind of tells me that they're reading him pretty well. At this point, it's not like they saw him a ton in game one. They only had like 17 shots on him last time. So they kind of figured him out. Um, and it looks like shooting from a little bit further back is is going to work for them. So, you know, it's good to see that they kind of got away. I mean, it wasn't a blowout or anything. Five goals. That's definitely the rebound that you want to see from the Rangers. So, um, yeah, I thought he played pretty well. Yeah. And, and again, you know, I really thought he was dug up. This was the second straight start where, you know, he got screwed by, again, deflections right in front of the net. You know, there was, you know, two of them. Again, the, the last one was against the Flyers, just with about a couple of games left in the regular season, where he gave up three goals outside of the empty netter. Two of them, players are standing right in front of them with really, there's no defense. There's no one boxing them out, getting out, of the, getting the sticks out of the deflection zone. Um, and that reared its ugly head again tonight for the Penguins. So if they can really clean that up going into game three, I, I would like their chances better. They just, they got to get back to defending like they were in game one, you know? And, and again, I didn't really have too many problems with how they defended tonight. I think their performance was mainly okay. You got to split out the first two games. That's fine. Still the net front coverage needs to be a lot better um, going into game three. And another thing that needs to be a lot better, especially from a Penguins perspective, um, I'll get your thoughts on the Rangers here. You know, the Rangers, their, their depth scoring is actually showing up. Andrew Kopp has had a couple goals, Frank Petrano. Um, the Penguins, though, it's been four guys, four of their highest uh, paid players, of course. Sidney Crosby putting on a show two games in a row. Jake Gensel silencing his haters from last year, who apparently think that he's too soft uh, to play in the playoffs, which is just ridiculous because there's only three players, there's only two other players since the 2017 playoffs who have more playoff goals than him, and it's Braden Point and Alex Ovechkin. So that theory can, you know, get out of here. Um, Brian Rust and it's Evgeny Malkin. That that's not good enough. You know, that it, it reminds me of how the Penguins played, you know, during the, the late Ray Shiro years, where you know their bottom six guys like Joe Vitale and Craig Adams and all these other you know, players, they were just not producing. And right now there's, there's too many passengers with Kapanen not producing, even though I thought he had a really good game one. Brock McGinn's not producing. Danton Heinen's gone a little bit cold. Evan Rodriguez is good play in the final game of the regular season. That has not translated over. Jeff Carter kind of looks like a corpse on the ice at times. Um, it's definitely a massive issue right now for the Penguins. But from a Rangers perspective, um, you know, just what are your thoughts on you know, your deadline acquisitions and overall, you know, those those bottom six and uh, players chipping in and also, you know, your defensemen outside of Adam Fox? 
Definitely. So, you know, if you go back to game one, and it's it's tough to compare this game to game one since it did have that triple yeah. OT and and you know, you had the goal the goal that was recalled. So it's it's hard to reference that game, but you know, if you go back to it, you have Philip Heedle who scored and then it was recalled, but you have Capo Capo who made a great pass to even make that attempt happen. So if you start there, that kind of starts with the depth. Um, more importantly, it's the kids' depth too. So it's, it's the younger guys who don't have any of this playoff experience. Um, and then, you know, you fast forward to today's game. Um, you have, you know, Cop, like you mentioned, and and you do have the defense pitching in. Braden Schneider had his first postseason point today. And you have Keandre Miller, who's getting assists on things like that too. Um, I can't say enough good things about Frank Petrano, even when he's not playing Pittsburgh. Same thing with Andrew Cop. Um, they've just been great additions. And and I know a lot of people were kind of griping that all of this depth was just really unnecessary, but I'm not really understanding that argument because we got all of these players for essentially pennies. And in circumstances like this, when you have um, defenseman Ryan Lindgren out and you need to kind of switch around the lines and things like that, and then you have defenseman Justin Braun in, who he looked fine, um, was no problem. But you do need guys like, you know, Andrew Kopp and and Ryan Reeves and, you know, he wasn't a deadline pickup, but you just need that flexibility because players are going to get hurt like Barkley Goudreau. So you just need to be able to have that flexibility. That's a good thing that Gallant, you know, always strives for. And he's been a coach in the playoffs, so he kind of knows how that works. So, yeah, I mean, I just I can't say it enough that the pickups have been absolutely essential. Um GM Drury did a really good job with that. So it just, it continues to pay off. I mean, even in the rest of the regular season and, you know, it's just really nice to see that carry over into the postseason as well. Yeah. And, you know, obviously the one Penguins deadline pickup is not available right now. Ricard Raquel, I believe he has a concussion. Mike Sullivan hasn't really confirmed it, but they're being very, I guess, quiet with their injuries. I mean, and that's very typical for any um, playoff team, I think at this point, you know, one, one last thing, Rachel, before we get to a commercial break, um, you know, the Penguins, they, they pushed hard in that, in those first six to seven minutes of the third, you know, a couple of times it looked like they were going to tie the game. Um, Shesterkin had one hell of a save on Evgeny Malkin. I think if Chino elevates that probably a goal, but still the, like the way he was able to slide across and get his pad down for that was really nice. Sidney Crosby, same thing, a beautiful pass from Jake right to his stick. Doesn't elevate it as much, but still gets more wood on it than Gino. Another ridiculous save. Uh, and then that was able to fuel the Rangers to get a couple of insurance goals. The fourth one was definitely a bit lucky because it went off Mike Matheson's skate and right in just a harmless play right to the front of the net. But you know what? That's, that's what happens sometimes in the NHL. Um, you know, obviously his play has been a big talking point in the series as it was always going to be. Um, I'm not really going to get into the whole Jeff Carter thing. It was a dumb play, but also, you know, I don't really think he needed to stay down for five minutes and act like he died. Uh, so that's just, that's my take on it. It's not going to really, you know, everyone's probably going to forget about it. I think going into game three. Probably. Maybe a piece of him did die. Maybe he didn't as a whole, but a piece of Shesterkin we lost in that moment. So. He can take he, all the he, time. He did, he did say he is okay after the game, and I was like, "Oh, th thank God!" You know, I I would hope that you're okay after um, go, going down like that. That that's for sure. But um, getting back, oh, to his overall play, Rachel. You know, just 
what what have you seen just from his game and all that that just had him play like this because you know it's just you know there were definitely i think not a lot of questions but some questions you know could this play carry over to the playoffs because sometimes new goalies in the playoffs they get overwhelmed you know sergey Bobrovsky, for example he's been great in the regular seasons really bad in the playoffs i didn't think Shostorkin is going to be like that bad but you know you you never know at times so just walk me through what you've seen from him because you know he made a couple of dazzling saves tonight when the Penguins probably should have tied the game a couple times early on in the third. Yeah, I mean, you have to keep in mind, too, there was a little bit like a 40-day break between the the postseason starting and the regular season. So, And he didn't play those last, I think, two games um, for the, the regular season. So it's been – I'm not making excuses, and, you know, I think he still looked good in game one, but he's a little bit out of rhythm with things like that. So – you know, obviously you don't want to put your starting goaltender out in those last two games, especially when you're playing the Capitals, you know, your Vesna goaltender, no less. So, you know, obviously the right call there, but yeah, I think you just had to get back into it. Um, obviously his first game against the Penguins, you know, it didn't go the way that the Rangers wanted to. It went scoreless into the last period. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know if that brought back any memories like that or it, or at this point, you know, the mental mistakes and the mental game is going to be huge here. So I don't know if it was something like that. Obviously, he doesn't have that playoff experience to draw off of. Um, he doesn't have much experience at all. I mean, this is like his third season. So, um, yeah, I just think, you know, it was a matter of nerves maybe. Um, you know, they all said, you know, similar things with the guys who made their debuts that maybe after like the first 10 minutes you start to like settle in and things like that. Obviously the time frame's different for every player and every position, but to me it just looked a little bit nervous. Um, you know, probably as nervous as we'll ever see him in that first game, but he just really seemed to settle down this game. Obviously he knew what he was getting into um, and probably just felt better prepared going into this game, to be honest. So um, yeah, like I mentioned, he had a couple of great saves. That's, you know, nothing new to Ranger fans. So I think he's really just, you know, um, leaning in on whatever little uh, experience that he has prepared. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that, you know, for sure. Um, still have a little more to get to for this episode. We're going to talk a little bit about, you know, game three and potentially what to expect as the series will shift to Pittsburgh. And um, Rachel, it sounds like she will be there for that game. So uh, that's going to be definitely interesting to see her um, in front of all those probably 17,000, 18,000 uh, gold jerseys because they, they usually hand those out. Uh, for the playoffs. I'm sure they're going to do that again. But before we get to our final segment, betonline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's Run to the Roses at the Kentucky Derby. Yes, that is coming back. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. You can head to the website today or use your phone to learn more about the trends in action. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So from a Penguins perspective, you know, I'm curious to see what Mike Sullivan does with the Lions going into game three. I mean, who knows who's going to come back? I would assume Jason Zucker is going to be ready. He took warm up tonight. I think personally, if they're down one nothing in the series, he plays. But I think Sully was kind of just like, hey, you know, take a couple more days, rest. You're probably ready to go, but, you know, if we win tonight, it's basically a bonus. We have at least a split. 
going back to Pittsburgh where we now have home ice. I would expect to see him back. But, you know, in terms of, you know, anyone else, I don't think Ricardo Vecchio is going to be back, I'm in my opinion. But, you know, in terms of some shuffling that I would like to see, I think it's finally time we see Teddy Bluger take Jeff Carter's minutes. Carter, I, I know he had almost 20 goals this year, but he has just been um, really bad for the last six to eight weeks. Um, I know he had the incident, of course, um, involving Chesterkin. But even outside of that, you know, he's for some reason still the first skater over on the six-on-five attack, which is just ridiculous. Um, he really is not bringing anything to the table right now, both offensively and defensively. His line's getting caved in on, on a nightly basis. Um, Teddy, he hasn't been doing a lot offensively, um, but you know, I think if he were to get better line mates and better minutes, I think that could start to change. And I, I definitely think he is in need to score a goal or set up a goal in the playoffs because you know he's he's too good of a player to keep being this quiet, um, to say the least. You know, what are you really looking forward to? here for game three, Rachel, as you know, the, the series shifts. So with uh, Barkley Goudreau out and, you know, at this point he is week to week, I'm just interested mm-hmm. to see kind of how the lines are going to continue to move. I don't suspect that Gallant would keep the same exact lines, though obviously you did see a good result here. Um, I thought Dryden Hunt, you know, he came in um, and I thought he had a nice game, but just with all the injuries and hopefully there aren't any other ones that are going to occur. Um, although you can definitely expect, you know, more physicality from this series going forward. Um, I'm just curious to see how the lines and the D pairs are going to look. Uh, I know it's not really an ideal time right now to kind of experiment with those kinds of things. And with the defense looking a lot like their normal selves, this game, you know, you don't really want to split up those pairs, but I think that, the defense this season's just been it gelled so fast and so well that you kind of do have that freedom if you really did want to move certain pairs around again I don't think it's the best time but you've just had guys that have stepped up Keandre Miller you know there's another level of his game that we've seen this season and you know having um, Patrick Nemeth and Justin Braun that gives you more flexibility as well so I'm just curious to see kind of how the lines go. Um, I think Adam Fox, he kind of ended the regular season in a slump, and it's kind of nice to see him revert back to himself. I mean, you just watch him on the power play, and and it's looking like Pittsburgh's trying to clear, and he just says, nope, he gets the puck, and, and, he, just yeah. and he just gives on unlimited chances. I mean, it's crazy. Just It's so nice to see him play like himself again, and and it just seemed like after his injury, when he came back, he just wasn't playing the same. So I think the rest just helped him. And and this is the perfect time for him to step up. So I'm really curious to see who else steps up. I think Artemi Panarin's having a really rough time defensively. Um, you know, obviously he's he's still that him, him, him going up against the Sid line has been a no bueno, uh, to say the least. Especially after what Sid did to him uh, tonight. That was like, I was like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, and even in the regular season, he's looked really shaky defensively. I mean, there was like this one really bad overtime move that he pulled that I think led to the other team winning the game um, in overtime, which is just not good. It's it's just been a recurring theme so much. If it were one or two times, you'd be like, okay, whatever, you know, it's still Artemi Panarin. But it's just, I've seen a lot. <laughs> I've seen a lot of the same thing happening. And it's just, I don't know at what point, you know, that's going to not be the case anymore. But, yeah, um, just looking at defense, like game one was the first time I've 
actually been like very not confident in the defense. So I'm just looking, they, they jumped in and, and they did a lot better this game. So I'm just looking forward to them, like getting back to, you know, the best that they can be. Yeah, I, I totally hear you on that. You know, from a Penguins perspective, defensively, I'm curious to see if Brian Dumoulin is not able to go. And I had no idea he was hurt even coming into this game. He took the morning skate, seemed fine. And then all of a sudden he's on a nice warm up. Mike Matheson took his spot on the top pairing. I don't think him and Latang work well together. Um, but the thing is, if Dumoulin is out, you know, who, who are you going to put up there? I mean, is, is Marcus Pedersen going to take those minutes? Probably not because him and John Marino um, are playing great together you know shout out to john marino on um, these last two games there's probably the, it's probably the two best games of his career you know I, I know i ragged on him a lot during the season because his offensive game wasn't there and defensively he wasn't nearly as good as he used to be but um this has been probably the finest hockey i think i've seen him play he's controlling the scoring chances in his own zone he's been on the ice for far more scoring chances for um ripping the puck a lot more than net i mean that's that's Hopefully the key to him really unlocking his offensive potential. I don't think he's going to go up on the top pairing. Is Mark Freeman going to do that? Probably not. Chad Riedel, probably not. It was just they don't really have that good of an option. But I still don't think that you know that pairing works together. So I think the Penguins they got to hope that Brian Dumoulin's injury is not super serious. Uh, to say the least. And obviously, goaltending wise, uh, they got to pray at this point that one of the two can come back. Uh, uh, I just, you know, I, I even said going into this series, even with, you know, DeSmith healthy, I took the Rangers in seven games. If, if it's Domingue for the rest of the series, you know, it, it could go a little shorter than that. You know, I, again, I was never really that high on the Penguins' chances of winning the series. Yes, they've gone up a little bit after these last two games just because I've really liked the way they've played for the most part. But this is going to be a battle. I, you know, I said going into this, you know, none of these results should really surprise anyone, but – you know, the, the Penguins have shown up, I think, a lot more than some other people expected them to. And, you know, it, it's a best of five now. And it, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think, down the stretch here. Um, I think I basically, I think we've covered everything from the game tonight, at least. You know, I'm not really going to get into a whole spiel about, you know, Madison Square Garden with the officiating and why they were sounding like the Bell Center. Um, you know, there's people can run wild with conspiracy theories all they want. I am here. I'm here to tell people that um, NHL refs just suck at their jobs. That's at the end of the day, you know, people can whine and complain that, you know, you're, you're this, this team gets all the calls or it's rigged and all that. Um, these people have no evidence to back their claims up and it's just wrong. Um, I'll say that, you know, until people can provide me with statistical evidence that the league rigs games in favor of the penguins. And it's just, I don't even really want to, fully get into it, but it was just a really embarrassing display. Every time someone went down, just people were booing. Like it was just the bell center, but you know, I had to, had to throw out there, out there a little bit just because it was just insane. But you know, Rachel excited to have this series shift. I'm excited for you to be at the game. So you can experience, I believe this will be your first playoff playoff game at PPG. Um, you know, it's, it's not Mellon arena like loud, but um, PPG, it can get up there. Uh, to say the least. Um, do you have any other final thoughts uh, before we wrap up this episode? Yeah, I just want to say um, Rangers in five, actually. Um, you know, I would I would like them to win at home at least. Um, you know, likely I think it's going to go to a six, but I don't want them to win in Pittsburgh. So I do want them to be home for that. But yeah, it's just going to be, it's going to be a long series um, it's going to be a pretty physical one. You know, I'm just curious. Let's say that the Rangers do advance from this point on. Obviously, 
They don't have anywhere near the experience of the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I'm curious how this first round is going to take a toll on them if they advance. You know, I'm just curious what their game plan is going to be for the next series. Um, it's looking like, you know, Carolina is going to come out on top. So I, yeah, it's, it's going to be Carolina. <laughs> well, I don't know, but you know, anything could happen. That's, you know, this is my first playoff series, but I've already learned like anything can happen at this point. So um, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I'm just excited to see how it goes. Uh, I kind of want it to end already, but um, try to make the most of it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be a great game. PPG is going to be, electric as always you know i know in the early years it wasn't that loud but you know at 2016 onward it has been you know i think they're going to be extra loud this time just because you know this this could be it for the penguins core um and you know to hurt you to your rangers in five statement uh hopefully that's a bunch of cap um as the kids like to say at least no. um so uh <laughs> that'll do it though for this episode rachel i appreciate you coming on I'm sure you're probably going to come on at some other point in this series. Hopefully I have this- to. I have to if I need if I have to hit the five mark, you know, to be on on pace with that. So, I have to. Yes, we we will iron out the details very soon. Um, this time I'm going to make sure it's after a Penguins win, so she, we can get this literal superstitious g- crap out of here, <laughs> to say the least. But um, Rachel, in case no one has listened to you on the show before, tell them when you where they can follow you on Twitter and where they can read your work. So I cover the Rangers for the hockey writers um, and I'm on Twitter probably way too much. Um, but the handle for that is just Rachel NHL. There you have it. Rachel knowns of the hockey writers joining the show yet again. And yes, very likely she will be on the show again at some point in this series. So Friday, we'll have another episode going into a preview for game three, touching on a lot more for the what the Penguins need to do to win that game, injury updates, all that. No, this is this is gonna be a great series, people. You know, if the people that thought it was gonna be easy for any team, uh, it's not. You know, this is it's it's big for the Penguins to get that split. You know, if they didn't win that game on uh, Tuesday, and uh, be, they'd be up a creek right now, to say the least. But it's one-one game three on Saturday, seven o'clock in Pittsburgh. Um, if anyone's going to the game um, outside of Rachel, who of course will be repping the Rangers, I hope everyone makes a lot of noise um, at PPG. No but, booing. No booing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't need to hear. I don't need PBG to sound like Madison Square Garden, where a bunch of mouth breathers are just mad that there's no calls. So, um, that's that. That that's my closing statement for the show today. Thank, um, you know, thank you all so much for listening, and I'll be back with another episode on Friday.